0: Would bow your heads with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for an opportunity to worship you tonight. And I pray that as we open up your word tonight, that our hearts would also be opened up to you to speak truth into our hearts. And may we leave here transformed. May we leave here encouraged. May we leave here knowing that without a shadow of a doubt, we know that we are loved by God, and we are empowered by him to have victory in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite uh, Jim to come up here for tonight's scripture reading if you'd like to join us in Romans chapter 8. This is a reading from the New Testament letter of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren, and these whom he predestined he also called, and these whom he called he also justified, and these... Whom he justified, he also glorified. This is the word of the Lord. When I was in high school, I played on the football team. And during the off-season, which is the time when you're not playing your games... You have weight program, and you would do fun things uh, like working out, which it was not fun at all, but you actually did some fun things that was called dodgeball. We would play dodgeball, and the reason we would play that is because it is the greatest game ever to be invented (laughs) by mankind. I mean, you actually throw balls at people, try not to hit their face, but if you do, it's okay. Um, But I remember playing uh, so well, and the way we would do it is you would have two captains, and they would look out into the pool of people, like I can see right now. Captain one would pick Larry, captain two would pick Lindsey, and then we would uh, have your teams. Well, I was fairly decent at this game, and so it was not rare for me to be picked towards the front. But there's always, you know, that guy. That gets picked last, right? Kevin. You know Kevin. He's the one that's picked last every time. It feels good to be picked first. It feels special. Wow, yes, I'm picked first. It doesn't feel so good to be picked last. Kevin didn't always feel good about dodgeball because his strengths were in other areas. He also wasn't gifted in the classroom either. He had challenges learning in the normal classroom setting and had to receive special education to help him learn. He played on the football team, but he never expected to play on Friday nights because he wasn't the best athlete. But you know what Kevin was? He was an excellent teammate. He was always encouraging people, and for some reason that I don't know, he seemed to have a a special interest in me. That he just always encouraged me. That I he lit up when he would see me. And I I still to this day don't know really why. But there was this one time when I was chosen to be one of the captains to pick the team. And I thought, you know what? Instead of picking him last, I'm gonna pick him first. Because I really liked Kevin. And that was a hard choice for me to make. Because as some of you know already, I'm very competitive. And so I felt like if I chose him first, then I'm pretty much saying I'm not going to win this next round. But I did. I chose him first. And the shock that was inside of Kevin was visible on his face. I think he thought I made a mistake. Because he went, wait, 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 what, me? And I was like, yeah, come on, Kevin. And so when I saw his reaction and the way he just strutted across to get on my team first. I didn't care if we won that game or not. That was all the victory that I needed. It meant so much to him to be chosen first. And it meant a lot to me to be able to do that. God gave me an idea to be a blessing to someone, and I took that opportunity, and I'm so grateful for it. Kevin's life and my life, when we just narrowed it down to dodgeball. Let's just focus on that part. We have different narratives. A narrative is a story that is told. We tell narratives all the time about ourselves, about the world around us, and his narrative was very different from mine. See, I expected to be picked first or in the top ten or whatever. He didn't expect to be picked then. So we were telling ourselves things with expectations about our life based upon what had happened in the past. You're telling yourself narratives right now. Right now. Some of you are telling the narrative that I'm just a sinner and I'm always going to be this way. Some of you are telling the sinner that I struggle with this and I always will struggle with this. Some of you are saying, it's never going to get better. That person will never change. This will never happen. Some of you feel incomplete. You need someone in your life. You feel that so strong. There's a narrative, the story that's being told over and over Some of you want kids. Some of you are wondering why you had them. (laughs) We know why we had them. Some of you feel like, I just need something. Well, today I desire for you and for me to leave here believing a new narrative. Telling ourselves a new story. Telling ourselves things like, I am a child of God. I am chosen by God. I am victorious. I am healed. I am free. I am filled with the Spirit of God. I'm not defeated, but I am victorious. I am blessed, holy, pure, clean, and on and on. That's a narrative that I want us to believe. And so today I want us to understand that we are chosen to win. We are chosen to win. And we're chosen to win because God chooses us first. He's already determined the outcome. And he's going to complete the process. And we're going to look at those three points in depth right now. We are chosen to win, number one, because of this right here on the screen. God chooses us first. Now, if we look back over into that verse, we're going to see that God chooses us first. And this is important. If you go back to the story... It feels good to be chosen first. And so if you know that we are chosen, then that's going to change the way you feel and the way you interact with the world around you. But if you look here in Romans chapter 8, we are chosen. It says, For those whom he, and, and he is referring to God, the previous verse that Larry preached on last week talked about um, all things work together for those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. And so that he is referring to, to God here. Those whom he foreknew, Now we could get into some really interesting slash boring concepts about studying that word foreknew, uh, but this is not a seminary class. And so, what I want us to look at about that, about foreknew and what that means, is this: it's while it is the center of theological debates, which are probably going to continue until Jesus comes back, and we're just overwhelmed with the fact that His glorious presence is among us. Amen. Hallelujah. I actually look forward to that day uh, with great anticipation. It's going to be wonderful. But what I want us to focus on now is that foreknew means that God simply knew you beforehand. He knew about you. You're not a mistake. No matter how your life began, God foreknew you and knew that you were going to be here. He knows you. You were chosen first. This means a few things, namely. It means you didn't decide one day that, you know what, I'm going to have faith in God. You were not the initiator of that. God sought you out. You were not the one who was let into God's family like some people are let on the dodgeball team. You were chosen by God to be in his family. You were not on the practice squad of the team. John, that's not good, the practice squad. He sports a lot. I thought that was funny. I'm sorry. John's laughing if that makes you feel better. But you're not on this practice squad of the team. You made the roster. You were chosen. You didn't surprise God when you came to faith. (laughs) There we go. Love John. <laughs> you didn't surprise God when you came to faith. God wasn't up there and you gave your life to him. He's like, "Wow. Cannot believe they actually became a Christian. Even if your becoming a Christian surprised other people in your life, they did not surprise God. And listen to this: God chose you for one beautiful reason. Because He loves you. How does that affect the narrative that you tell yourself? Our choice to love God that we do now is a response to knowing that He has first chosen us. He has chosen to know us. And know here, the word for new... Is, is, um, is an awareness of who we are. It's, it's not just, excuse me, it's not just an awareness of who we are like you know the barista at Starbucks by name. It's not like that you know them as, but you have a relationship with him. It means that God has established a relationship with us in a way that we were chosen to enter into a relationship with him as sons and daughters. That is an intimate, deep relationship. We were not chosen to be part of his family at the expense of winning. Remember when I chose Kevin, I was struggling with thinking, I'm not going to win the game like I want to win. And sometimes we can feel like maybe I'm a Kevin when it comes to dodgeball. Maybe I'm a Kevin at church. But God didn't choose you at the expense of winning. He chose you to win and to win through you. We are chosen to win because God chooses us first. That's number one. I put two fingers up because I'm about to go to number two. Number two, God determines the outcome. We are winners because we are chosen to win because, number one, God chooses us first, which is fantastic. And number two, God determines the outcome. If you and I remember that God is the one who's in control, that he is sovereign, then many of our problems will cease to be problematic in our lives, We'll live with more peace, we'll have more confidence, and we'll have a lot more joy. We see this part that God determines the outcome in the same verse, verse 29, we'll pick up there. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son so that he would be the firstborn among the brethren." If you would please keep that verse up the word predestined here means that it's decided beforehand it's already been decided it's been predetermined god has determined the course of action for all of the people that he has foreknown that he foreknew the course determined by god is also in this same verse as well so it has been predetermined predestined to become what conformed Conform to what? Conform to the image of who? The image of his son. And so conform to the image of his sons means that you have been predestined. It's been chosen for you that you are going to be similar in the likeness of Jesus. You are going to become more and more like him. That has been determined for you that when you are a child of God that has been predetermined that you are going to become more and more and more and more and more like Christ. And some of you are resisting that right now because you're thinking, I don't think that's ever going to happen to me. I've tried it. I don't believe it. And some of you are like, I think I'm already there, and that's a different problem you're struggling with. That's pride. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> but, it, but it's hard to believe this kind of thing, but, but we are going to be changed in this process to become more and more like Jesus. And my question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that that's part of your destiny, that God has predetermined that you are going to become more and more like him? Or do you believe more like, I'm just going to hit cruise control until, you know, death takes me to be with the Lord? But he's not finished. You're going to become more and more like him so that, which means you're going to, this is, there's a reason for this, so that he, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, the firstborn among brethren means that he's going to be superior. He has the birthright. There's going to be um, a special honor. There's a special honor that is reserved for him. But at the same time, we're going to be like him. He's the firstborn of, among, many brethren. And I love the word many right here, too, because I've heard it in a lot of negative senses, like uh, especially when it comes to certain theologies where we talk about who is and who isn't chosen. But let's not enter that debate. Let's realize that the word many brethren here means there's going to be tons and tons and tons of people that are going to come to faith in Christ. many means a great number. It means populous. It means abundant, a majority, plentiful. There are going to be huge amounts of people that come to faith in Christ. And I want to ask you, do you believe that? Or do you believe that there's only going to be a few? Do you think the world is just heading in the wrong direction? Now, in some ways it is, right? There are terrible things that are happening, and the world and its systems are heading toward death, right? But as far as the world as a whole... What's the narrative you're telling yourself? Are we heading towards restoration through, through Christ? Or are we heading towards death? Do you feel inferior to others in church because you don't feel good enough? That's a false narrative. Do you feel superior to others in church, better than them? That's also a false narrative. They fail to embrace the truth of the gospel narrative. You are chosen to win because God has determined your outcome. Your outcome is that. Your outcome is total victory. And the third point is this. God completes the process. So He chooses us first. He determines the outcome. He also, He completes the process. If you notice, every one of these points has who at the center? It's not me, is it? And it's not you, but it's God. It is God who is doing the work. I need this truth That God completes the process every moment of every day. Put way too much emphasis on my ability to be faithful. When I do well, I suffer from pride and I feel better than you or whoever that person is that I feel like I did better than. I suffer from pride. When I fail, I suffer from despair. And I think, I don't even know how God could love me right now because what I just did was horrible. You see what's wrong with that narrative? I have myself at the center of it. What a terrible tragedy. We will do well to remember that it is God who completes the process within us. The Apostle Paul lays out that process for us in the next verse, verse 30. There are three steps in the process which God completes in us. And he says, and these, remember the qualified these are the ones whom God foreknew and whom he predestined. Those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So three things happen. Those who are predestined were called, they were justified, and they were glorified. Now these are the truths of the process that the Lord does within those who are foreknown. So called means that you're summoned or invited or called to a task. So being called is simply this, when you hear the gospel of Jesus being preached, it stirs within you to respond. And this gospel works so powerfully within you that it brings you to life and faith and urges you to baptism, which we just saw tonight, and it floods your heart with the love for God, and it does it by the Holy Spirit. That's what called is, that The gospel proclamation goes out and it it hits right in here and it causes a response within you. And you say, Yes, that's me. I believe you are called. And everyone who's been predetermined or predestined and foreknown is called. Have you been called? Have you responded to the proclamation of the gospel? The second thing is that you've been justified. Justified is a beautiful word. That This is a fantastic verse, by the way, that it would be great to memorize. Bless you. be great to, to memorize because justified is such a powerful word. It says it means to be put right with. It means that there's honor. Excuse me, I did the wrong one. It means to be put right with. It means to acquit. It means to set free, to show to be right. It means virtuous. Do you feel virtuous? It means to make free, to be righteous, to make oneself pure and clean. That's what justified means, and, and more things as well. So you're called and you're justified, at least you're, you're changed, you're a new person. But then also it says you're glorified, which means that there's praise coming to you, for you, that you're glorified. Uh, there's honor, there's, you're made wonderful, there's a magnification of who you are. It means to display one's greatness. It means to make heavy, which is a heavy in a good way. It's like uh, when you have gold and you feel you pick up a gold brick, which I do all the time because I have a ton of them. Um, actually, I don't have any, but if I, have seen people on TV pick up gold bricks and it looks heavy. That's my point. Uh, but you pick it up and it's it, gold is really heavy. And so we are heavy with God's glory in that regard that we are valuable and we're being, we've been glorified. We've been esteemed as glorious. And this is so cool. I just learned this this week. But that's already happened. It looks like it's already happened. But the glorification, remember we talked about a few weeks ago that one day we're going to reign over creation with Christ in the new heaven and new earth when we're glorified? And creation is yearning for us to be glorified? If you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to it. But here it's in past tense. But it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. But Paul is so confident that this promise is coming that he's speaking as though it's past tense. This is happening. God has glorified you, and it's a promise that we've yet to fully uh, experience, but it is coming that we have been glorified by God. Hallelujah. What a different narrative that this speaks about me than I speak of myself on a daily basis. All of this is wonderful news. But the reason that we have been chosen to win is because there was one who was chosen to lose. You see, we don't deserve to be called by God and we don't deserve to be justified. And we don't deserve certainly to be glorified. But the reason that we have been these things is because of Jesus, that he took upon the weight of sin and death that we deserved, and he took it to Calvary, and he gave his life, and then he was chosen to not stay in the losing category. But three days later, which is going to happen on Easter, we're going to celebrate that, he rose again victoriously from death. And through faith in him, we are made right with God. So I think it would be best for all of us to make sure that we're called and justified and glorified. And the only way we can do that is through faith in the only one who is perfect, Jesus. But I think it would be best, if if we know that's who we are, to strike defeat from our vocabulary. You are not defeated. You are chosen to win. In fact, the only time you should use defeat is if you're speaking victory over the fact that your enemy Satan has already been defeated that your enemy of death is defeated, that sin has been defeated because you and I have been chosen to win. All right, listen. This is kind of cool. Is Angela in here? There she is back there. So I wrote this sermon before uh, she did, you know, she made a song change today and she did Victory Belongs to Jesus. And it's in my quote here. So I didn't just write it down. But I want you to say, this is so appropriate. God told her to change it because he wanted wanted you to get this song. But victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Can you say that with me? Victory belongs to Jesus. Okay, now follow me. I belong to Jesus. I don't, I don't really know I'm going with this. I didn't write this part down. This is fresh. Okay. Victory belongs to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Then what belongs to me? That's where it's going. <laughs> Victory belongs to us. We have been chosen to win. So don't tell false narratives over your life. But speak gospel truth. Remember that you are chosen to win. You are beloved. You are... Oh, you are the first one chosen for dodgeball. <laughs> every time. And you're thinking, I would not be. Yes, you would be because you on a dodgeball team with Jesus is a majority. You're going to win every stinking game. He's good at dodgeball. But we're chosen to win. You have been chosen. And God's doing it all for you and through you. Keep faith in Him. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank You so much for for these powerful scriptures that we looked at tonight. And I pray, Lord, that You would cause them to uh, affect change within the way that we not just talk about other people or talk about ourselves, but the way we think about other people and the way we think about ourselves and I pray that we would learn to, to realize that, that we have been given such a great gift and such a great power of victory and that our, our biggest task is to remind ourselves of how great you are and what, all the work that you have done for us and just stay plugged into you and stay submissive to you and, and, and listening to the, to the tender callings of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the victory we've experienced tonight through this baptism. And we pray your blessings over Lauren and we pray your blessings over all of us that we would be, just like she said in her testimony, we would remember that our value doesn't come from what people say about us, but our value comes from you, Jesus. I pray this in your name. Amen.